Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Francesco Pavone, I'm your host, and today me and you are going to talk about food, reward, and fat loss. Why are we gaining weight? Uh, why many people gain weight without uh, noticing uh, and how does uh, the environment affect uh, our fat loss goals uh, and the optimal uh, foraging theory and uh, how uh, our in- industry, our uh, um, modern world is affecting our fat uh, loss, uh, our fat, uh, our body composition and ultimately our health. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure that you listen to the full episode and uh, to Uh, share uh, this episode with a friend or with a colleague if you found it helpful. I really appreciate your help and if you really want to know the best, best way you can help me is to leave a review on the platform that uh, you're listening from. This uh, increases search visibility and ultimately help me to reach uh, out to more people and to help more people. So if you want to support my work here on this podcast, please leave a review and I'll be much grateful. So long for adieu, let's get to it. All right, so to understand uh, how food reward works, uh, we need to step uh, a little bit back uh, and uh, first understand what food reward is. Well, food uh, reward uh, is basically how how nice food tastes. So it's like when we eat a slice of pizza, I guess we have no doubts that it's gonna taste nice, unless it's like uh, a shitty pizza, right? Um, And we don't eat shitty pizza, we eat uh, nice pizza. And uh, when we eat a slice of pizza, our brain goes through something totally different than when we eat uh, a cup of broccoli. So in particular, in some areas of our brain, the areas that are responsible for making us feeling good and the areas that activate when we take drugs or when we have sex um, and when we eat palatable food or like very tasty food, the food that tastes nice to us, then some areas of the brain activate and they experience a release uh, of dopamine. And basically what that that does is uh, that uh, contribute to um, remembering that experience as uh, a positive experience. And uh, we basically evolve uh, to seek uh, positive experience because uh, we um, we go through that moment and we enjoy that moment. So our brain will want us to experience that moment again. So in particular, um, in, in regards to food, um, the more energy dense a food is, and the more we will want to eat uh, that food. So that's very important to notice. And uh, the first person who found out about it uh, was uh, Anthony Sclafani. Um, Anthony Sclafani in the 70s, he was uh, studying what uh, makes people fat, was studying that on rats, and he got like uh, different strategies. He would uh, give uh, rodents, uh, rodent food, enhanced with either fat or sugar or a mix of both. And it was actually quite hard to get, to, to get rats to overeat, and it would take months uh, to actually get the rats uh, to become overweight and fat. So one day, by mistake, um, um, the researcher teams um, of Sclafani, they, they find, found out that uh, leaving some very, very processed and um, um, energy-dense food next to the rat cage like made the rat go crazy. So those rats started to overeat super easily and um, they became fat in a matter of uh, weeks. So 
Sclafani found out that there are foods uh, that are actually more rewarding and uh, that uh, is the best strategy up to date to get rat to overeat. So the food in particular that were used to, um, to, to, to get rat to overeat were condensed milk, chocolate, cookies, peanut butter, and surprisingly bananas too. I mean, surprisingly to me, because bananas are definitely not processed, but they are energy dense. You compare them to strawberries and you will see the difference. Um, but what is energy density? What's, uh, what's, how can we see if um, like bananas are in such a diet, in such a um, you know, they have such effect of uh, making fat or uh, like rats overeat. Um, well, then we know that it's not just the fact that uh, food uh, is more processed that make us overeat that food. It's also other things. So to understand that uh, um, and how to see which food make, will make you overeat uh, and which won't, uh, you have to understand as well a little bit about energy density and energy density is actually a quite simple thing that many people don't know about and many people are not losing weight because they are simply trying to eat less um, now um, i totally agree to lose weight you need to create a calorie deficit and we know from the research that that's the only way to lose weight but many people are not creating a calorie deficit or are not able to create a calorie deficit, A, because they don't know what they eat at the moment, B, um, they're just simply trying to remove certain foods or remove sugars or remove fats from their diet, and that is not an effective strategy. Um, in fact, we know that from the research of Sclafani that rats were over, even when they were offered their usual food, rodent food, with more fat or more sugar, they wouldn't eat it. Okay, so it was not just about sugars or fat, it was something else. So going back to the energy density, um, you know, to find out the energy density of a food, you simply divide the calories contained um, in the serving and uh, the weight uh, in the serving. And uh, you come up uh, um, with the energy density of that uh, food. Now, we take, um, for example, a cup of melon and uh, a, a few cookies, uh, and uh, you compare them, and you can easily see that uh, the cookies are way more energy dense uh, uh, than the melon. In particular, what uh, will will be the difference when you goes when you eat both? Let's say that you eat uh, um, 150 calories of melon, watermelon, and 150 calories of cookies. When you eat melon, since the melon is less energy dense and uh, probably more nutrient dense, um, you will be more full and you will have uh, eaten fewer calories. Now, in this case, we compare the calories. So we say 150 calories of watermelon and 150 calories of cookies. So when you eat 150 calories of watermelon, you will feel more full than when you eat 150 calories of cookies because 150 calories from watermelon is actually quite a lot. So there will be more volume of food in your stomach. On the other side, when you eat 150 calories from cookies, that probably be like, a small cookie so if you are like a big man like me you wouldn't probably even feel it right so that is energy density explained now our brain have evolved to seek energy dense food i i don't know if you ever heard of the 
um, optimal foraging theory, but it's basically a theory that explains uh, um, the food value. So not uh, if you were like a gatherer, hunter, um, you know, tribe, if you were living in a, like a, one of those tribe, uh, like, um, you know, a Maori tribe, or just simply like a hunter-gatherer uh, tribe, you would basically have to be very cautious with the which kind of uh, food uh, you are going to to seek because uh, let's say that we have to take like a 40 kilometer strip in order to find uh, some uh, you know antelope or uh, you know some animals to hunt some wild pigs uh, um, you know that probably be worth it because at the end of the 40 kilometer strip we would get our reward and we would get enough calories and fat and protein and nutrients um, to um, satisfy us and probably our family depending how many wild pigs we we come home with but on the other side imagine if you have to take a 40 kilometers hike or trip in order to pick up berries unless you come home with like a ton of berries, then it probably be like useless. Why? Because you'll probably um, don't even match the calories that you will have to burn in order to walk 40 kilometers back and forth. Um, yeah, to get uh, some berries. Like the berries will not even uh, be enough to sustain like half of the trip probably. So um, there you go. You got to explain food value and is uh, the calories that we gain from a certain food minus the calories expended to get that food divided by the time needed to get that food and we get like the food value of each item now since uh, like our ancestor evolved um, in order to get the best bang for your back like the best bang for their back they were like okay if i'm going to spend many calories finding my food it has to be worth it so it has to be something that is uh, energy dense and uh, that biological drive to get energy dense food stayed but what has changed since like those uh, those era those years of our ancestor now we don't have to hunt our wild pigs we can just go to our supermarket and and buy that so food has become much more available and um, the food that is available is not the same that we find in nature so it goes, uh, most of the food uh, um, that we find at the supermarket goes uh, through different level of processing. Some food are way more processed uh, and receive like added fat uh, and added substances uh, or added sugar or both. Uh, and um, they are not like similar anymore to the food that we find in nature. So we um, experience basically a extreme food availability but we don't necessarily like experience uh, a reduced drive to get uh, energy dense food so it's like a, a little um, mix because uh, on one side internally we want to get that rewarding food and on the other side externally the food is there so it's easy to get to do the step of uh, falling in the trap of not recognizing this uh, that our brain actually want to um, experience those good food. Many people say, I have a problem with sugar. No, you don't have a problem with sugar per se. In fact, if sugar was a problem, we would see it uh, from uh, the obesity rate in America. Um, in, the, in, the in the last few years, uh, like the sugar consumption in America went down a lot, but the obesity rate uh, went up a lot. 
Um, there is a different trend with fat, but it's uh, quite clear that the problem is not uh, fat or sugar per se. What is the problem is uh, the energy density and uh, there are other predictors uh, of uh, your total calorie intake, uh, um, which we can say that uh, with the physical activity, it's definitely a predictor for your total calorie intake. And if you're wondering uh, how to recognize a food that uh, has uh, signaled this energy density, um, well, there are different properties that you can have a look at. Uh, one is uh, the texture. So we know that um, fat, um, fat, fatty texture increases uh, the energy density, um, the meaty flavor and uh, sweetness. So you know, if, uh, if, you, if the carb content uh, of a certain food. So these are particular um, texture or uh, characteristic of the food that usually have uh, more energy density. Now, energy density, it's um, not uh, just the only thing that matters uh, when it comes to calorie intake, because uh, we know that, uh, you know, to gain weight, uh, we need to increase our calorie intake. So basically the people who struggle to lose weight, they struggle to lower the, their calorie intake. And that could be for many reasons. Now, in fact, there are different predictors of our total calorie intake um, and is uh, energy density. We talk about it. Um, the palatability of a certain food, so how does the food taste, um, and uh, the protein content, so how many protein we eat in a given uh, period of time, it's a predictor of uh, our calorie intake, and there are many reasons why is that. Um, one, it's certainly that uh, protein is uh, the most filling macronutrients. Uh, the second is... Um, more difficult to digest protein compared to carbohydrates and fat. So we waste uh, a part of uh, the protein, the energy contained in the protein source, uh, just to digest uh, that source of protein. And um, thirdly, it's uh, going to um, decrease your appetite. So yeah, it's uh, when we, eat, we increase our protein intake, as a matter of fact, uh, people eat less calories at the end of the day. Um, the same goes for the fiber content. So can we change uh, our food reward uh, um, natural instinct uh, uh, seeking uh, <laughs> a process uh, by just uh, decreasing the palatability, energy density, increasing the protein and fiber content in our diet? Absolutely, yes. And that's why many people are not uh, um, progressing with their fat loss goal because uh, they don't change their food sources. They simply cut their calories, they cut their sweets, they cut, they cut their alcoholic uh, beverages consumption, but they don't, they struggle to lose weight and to be consistent with this approach. And we know that for many people, this is not the right approach. This is simply not sustainable and increasing the feeling that uh, you are not eating those foods. Now, if we go back for a moment to the um, energy density spectrum, there are certain foods that are certainly like on the extremes uh, of the spectrum. So they are very dense in energy. And that's why if you don't control those foods, if you don't keep an eye on them, they can easily override your willpower. This is very important and many people don't understand that. Understand that. Um, dopamine, dopamine reinforced sensory cues uh, override easily your willpower. So if you think, uh, okay, now Francesco, I know that pizza is, is dense in energy. 
it's uh, going to make me feel good. It's going to release dopamine in my brain. It's uh, going to make us uh, make me feel uh, wanting to eat more pizza. What should I do with pizza? Should I just remove it entirely? Well, research shows that when you remove a food from your diet, you will want to eat more of that food. So that's probably not a, a um, sustainable strategy, like something that you can sustain for the next 20 years. I mean, I am currently on a cut. I'm trying to lose body fat and I eat pizza every week. Now, is it, uh, am I crazy? And do I have a crazy genetic, a crazy metabolism? Do I work out like three hours a day and do like hours of cardio in the weekend? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, you can include those foods, uh, but with moderation. So you just want to keep an eye on them that they don't, um, they are not like in your diet uh, every meal. They are not like um, more than 20% of your total intake over the long period of time. And uh, you want to make sure that you control them when you have them around in your environment. So, um, you know, when, uh, when you know a little bit of, uh, of, of this stuff, it's easier to kind of detach because uh, I used to think that uh, I was, uh, you know, there was something wrong with me that I really liked that food. And I would look at these people that are fit, uh, and um, I was wondering if uh, they even eat any processed food <laughs> and uh, they, they definitely do. And we know that uh, from a flexible dieting approach uh, that um, um, we can uh, include those food even on a regular basis, on a daily basis, um, if um, they are eaten with moderation. Um, and we now know that uh, it's not something that we have to do. It's something that is uh, in our uh, convenience. It's convenient because when we do keep them under control, what happens? Well, first of all, we are better able to develop our um, sense of satiety and fullness. So when we focus on whole and minimally processed food, we generally like are able to tell better if we are hungry or if we are not, and when we are full or when we can keep eating. So going back to the um, why people are not losing fat, even if they are eating less, um, if those people, they don't uh, substitute uh, some of those processed food with uh, some whole and minimally proce processed uh, food sources uh, with low palatability and a little bit less uh, energy dense, uh, well, they are going to have a hard time losing fat because that's going to feel uh, just as an elimination, but it's not going to be substituted with anything else. It's just like I'm removing, I'm starving myself. And our body doesn't like hunger. We um, are uh, not going to be strong enough. Um, our willpower will be not uh, enough on the long term to be able to sustain that. We need to have uh, another strategy. Even if people on uh, a diet, they are basically told, uh, hey, you can eat as much as you can, like as much as you want, really. Here is the fridge. You can serve yourself. Uh, um, please go ahead. Like people that uh, eat uh, more processed, so people that were given more processed food sources, ate on average 500 calories a day more than people who ate uh, more whole and minimally processed food sources. Basically, since the experience of eating a whole and minimally processed food sources, um, it's um, not as rewarding as eating more processed food, people eat less. And this is just like uh, imagine eating as much as you want. So at the end of the day, you really eat uh, what you want. You are free. 
you can serve yourself. But when you have available less processed food, you eat less calories. So um, if you continue like uh, over this trend, that's about a kilo every two weeks. So a person who have just more processed food available will gain roughly a kilo every two weeks more than a person who still eat as much as you want, but of less processed food. Okay, which doesn't mean less tasty, it just means less process and yeah, less energy dense. So that's very important to know. And um, I want to share with you, like, uh, what can we do in order to control this? Um, um, basically, it's like uh, an unconscious uh, increased calorie intake coming from um, a, a more availability of food, uh, like highly palatable and energy dense and very processed food and uh, B, because of internal issues. So, um, for example, stress or um, you know, having experienced like some food reward over a long period of time because, uh, you know, it was a cultural tradition in our family or other reason. So let's get to it. The first thing to do is to remove those energy dense food from our environment. Yes, I said it out loud because, um, and, and this is why. So I'm not going to be the one who tell you don't buy cookies, okay? People do what they want with their life. Uh, and I am absolutely like far from giving that sort of advice. Uh, but I want to show you the um, opportunities. So in your life, let's say that your favorite food is uh, chocolate. So in your life, you don't want to stop eating chocolate, right? You want to have some sort of chocolate in your life because uh, truth is, uh, you love that chocolate. So you're going to eat that. And uh, a good way to do it is uh, to think that you're going to eat chocolate anyway in some social occasion and to just keep it under control at home. So you might say, I keep chocolate and I eat one chocolate bar a week. So you kind of have some way to measure like that food and you have it in the back of your mind. So you're like, okay, I buy this uh, chocolate tub and uh, generally like I want to reduce chocolate consumption a little bit because perhaps you eat a lot, perhaps not. Um, so you might want to keep it the same or reduce it, but having some measure of this form. So um, for example, here I love dark chocolate and there is uh, a sort of chocolate that we find, uh, we found here in Vienna, in Austria that have like, uh, mini chocolate bar inside so it's like a paper box and inside there are these mini chocolate stick and it's like one they are 140 calories each so i can i could really uh, have two a day i don't because uh, just the act of opening one and then enjoying it makes me feel uh, like it's it's enough and it was not something i developed uh, straight away it took a, it took time it took a transition period where i had to slowly move from three a day to two and then try stay there for a week and then slowly reduce to one or eventually zero to some days. Um, but yeah, that uh, like mini, mini like bag of chocolate allow me to think, okay, that's 140 calories. That's not a lot. You can really enjoy it. And there is no sort of intervention that I'm trying to do there um, apart from at the source when I'm at the supermarket and I could really choose from like a whole chocolate bar, you know, super extremely tasty um, and, you know, something that I can easily go on and on and on forever without feeling full. Uh, or I could say, hey, 
you know, if I eat this, if I buy this, I'm going to eat a lot of it. But if I buy this version of it, it'll probably be a little bit more difficult to keep opening bags. Um, and I've, it would make me feel like I'm, I'm overeating it. Um, so at least I have uh, a some sort of uh, measure. So improve your environment doesn't mean just reduce the food, uh, um, the processed food, the amount of processed food that you have around. It also means uh, substituting it with other uh, things. So for example, if you have candies at home, you might uh, change it with some fruit. I love uh, like strawberries uh, and I love to cut uh, a lot of strawberries in the summer and just keep them available in the, in the fridge so I can access them easily. And um, yeah, like uh, create barriers. Uh, as, uh, again, like it could be that you put like those cookies really in an uncomfortable place uh, um, and this is this sounds silly, but it actually works very well. Um, you just put them high in a cupboard or like in a challenging place to find in the fridge. And uh, this is a way to create barriers. So now you have a barrier and uh, you don't see those cookies. You are not exposed to those cookies anymore on a daily basis. Your brain doesn't have to decide if you want to give in to that stimulus or not. And um, um, the second thing to do is to manage your appetite. So to handle those rewarding food better doesn't just mean, uh, okay, learning to control yourself. It's not just to say, oh, you need to be more disciplined. You need to be more committed. You might be fully committed to your weight loss goal or to improving your health. And you might struggle, you might still struggle to control your appetite because your diet is very, very full of uh, those energy dense uh, food sources. So it's mainly like pro your diet is mainly processed and uh, with um, very palatable food and uh, you like the food that you eat. So you want to eat more of it. So how to control your appetite doesn't just mean uh, controlling yourself, as I just said, it means like uh, um, applying some uh, consistent uh, uh, nutritional intervention which sounds like a scary word but it's actually what it is you need to change something um, and uh, by changing something uh, i mean increasing your protein intake so we know that by people that eat more protein eat also fewer calories uh, at the end of the day um, by reducing the processed food that you have in your diet uh, this doesn't mean like changing entirely your habit, like your eating habit. If you like, for example, like pasta with ragu, um, and you want to eat something a little bit more nutritious and filling, you might eat, for example, a to start with a whole grain pasta with uh, minced meat, um, and then you can might try like a pea pasta or a lentil pasta with uh, uh, with uh, like a grass-fed uh, beef and. Uh, you know, home uh, uh, or like uh, fresh tomatoes, uh, for instance. And um, that, that's just like a, a simple way to, or you might add as well some vegetables to that sauce, uh, you know, some onions, uh, some uh, peppers, some mushrooms, uh, make it a little bit more rich in minerals, vitamins, uh, and protein. So by just changing that, uh, eating the same amount of pasta, so if you eat a uh, hundred grams of that pasta, like a total hundred uh, grams of this pasta with sauce, uh, chances are you will eat fewer calories and feel more full and your health will improve on the long term. So another way to increase uh, um, and to better manage your appetite is to increase the fiber content. So if you can sprinkle in your meals more fibers for 
like just a few more calories uh, and substitute uh, like some heavily processed food, you will be better off because you increase your fiber intake. For example, let's say that in the morning you eat bread and eggs and with a bit of butter. Now you might uh, roast some mushrooms with with your eggs, make like a mushroom omelette, very tasty, and uh, eat some strawberries with it or some blueberries. Now your fiber intake of the same meal will go up and your total calorie intake yeah, we'll go up a little bit, but you will uh, also gain uh, a better satisfaction from that meal. You will feel full more, and the chances are you will want to eat less of it on the long term. So um, definitely something to to look at uh, how to increase your fiber intake. But very, very important, use food that are moderately palatable. So, you know, if I always eat uh, lasagne, I'm going to want to eat lasagna more. So if you decrease the palatability of a food, and for example, you know, if you eat uh, always a whole chicken, you might want to alternate between chicken thighs and chicken breast, uh, um, and, uh, you know, just alternate that palatability, uh, but keep it under control. Um, moderate the food reward. So you can, um, you know, we, we, we talk about how to decrease the, uh, the energy density in a meal. So there are just certain uh, food sources that are more dense in energy and some that are less dense in energy. So I, I love to have a look at uh, your carb sources, your fat sources and your protein sources and where these sources locate on the spectrum of energy density and uh, what are the alternatives to those sources that are a little bit less energy dense and more rich in nutrients. So to see if you can include some of those in your current uh, um, nutrition, in your current diet. Uh, It doesn't have to be a black and white approach. Um, In fact, we know that that is not successful on the long term to uh, improve your body composition or to help you with your weight loss and fat loss goal. Um, But, Definitely like reduce the reward of a certain meal, something that you can do straight away. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but I think in this, uh, many people are scared uh, because they are afraid that they will not feel good in their life um, because they think, uh, oh, but if I don't enjoy life, uh, by, if I don't enjoy my food, I'm not going to enjoy my life. But it's, it's hard to explain this to someone who doesn't have never experienced, but we definitely have uh, enough evidence and enough as well uh, uh, personal experience to say that uh, by increasing the whole uh, and minimally processed uh, food amount in your diet, you will also add quality to your diet because you will be... Um, in better control of your hunger and satiety cues so you will recognize better if you're hungry or you're actually stressed Um, and uh, you will enjoy food more that food will make you feel full and uh, that is just a transitional period where you just have to implement certain foods certain um, you have to change some food options in your current diet um, just uh, enough uh, so that you can see a result in your uh, in your body and in your life um, and on the long term actually you will uh, gain something some more awareness uh, better energy during the day better body composition and ultimately better health so the third thing to do so we said fix your environment 
um, manage your appetite by reducing reward, reducing the amount of processed food, moderate the palatability of your food in your diet, uh, reduce variety too. Research shows that when people have uh, more variety, imagine uh, the buffet uh, effect, um, they usually eat more. That's uh, the reason why many people, uh, they say, oh, I'm full, but I still have space uh, for the dessert. In particular, um, fullness applied to just uh, the foods uh, with similar properties to the one we just ate. And that's uh, to explain that uh, um, many people, like during a meal, they say, I'm full, but I still have space for, for dessert. That's, that's, uh, that's why. Um, and uh, other things that we can do to control the food reward and uh, make sure that uh, we use it to our advantage and that doesn't control us, doesn't, that's not the thing that makes us overeat. Apart from fix your environment and manage your appetite, um, you also want to prioritize sleep. Uh, we know that the sleep uh, reduction or deprivation, um, they, it affects our um, need and our like craving for those very heavily and very energy dense, heavily processed and energy dense foods. Um, so basically like when you're more um, sleep deprived or stressed, um, you're more likely to want those food. Um, it's not a surprise that many people struggle with craving and those people are generally quite under a lot of stress. So um, by reducing stress, it's already like a automatic way to unconsciously eat less because we are going to be um, to make better decisions. So if our environment is set up properly and we have already applied some sort of intervention, so in the fridge, our fridge is like 80% full of whole, low density, full of nutrient energy, um, low energy dense items, then we are going to, to, to be successful with our, with our approach. That doesn't mean that you can't gain weight. You still can gain weight even from whole and minimally processed food sources, but it's going to be much easier after you listen to this podcast to apply those, uh, th these tips, uh, um, the tips that I just shared with you by have, being in a moment where you are way more relaxed, uh, with less stress, uh, and when your sleep is on point. The last two things, um, well, one, it's uh, increase your physical activity. So we know that by increasing the physical activity, not only we improve like many other aspects of our life, such as our mood, our body composition, we might get rid of pain, we might um, improve our functionality, so what we can do with our body, um, and many other health markers but also we know that uh, people who generally are active not only are um, um, that's an aid to lose fat faster and uh, more consistently but it's also like um, very helpful for the people who lost a lot of weight and uh, now they want to maintain their weight people who are physically active on a weekly basis they are way more likely to uh, maintain the new weight so that's that's very important too and the last thing uh, as i said with sleep it's to manage stress there are very like many different sources of stress um training is one of them um the other uh, like work related uh, personal life uh, you know, existential stress, financial worries, uh, you know, the fake news, uh, the pressure of the social media, um, the advertisement, uh, noise pollution, uh, like light pollution, uh, 
Um, you, there are different uh, um, source, sources of stress uh, that contribute to how stress you feel. Um, definitely sleep, um, it, it's a point that is totally related with stress. Um, in fact, like, can, uh, like a sleep disruption can make us feel super stressed and very weak during the day. Um, but um, I would look at ways to improve your uh, stress management. So other than uh, uh, improving your sleep, which we talk about it uh, in uh, a past episode, but we'll definitely talk about it again. Um, one of the techniques that really helped me managing my stress was A, uh, improving my time management skill. I realized that I was basically a victim of my own uh, job uh, and uh, yeah, I was basically like reactive in my approach. Uh, so I was busy, but not efficient. Um, the other thing that really helped me was uh, practicing some sort of gratitude or meditation. Uh, it changed. I am not good in meditating, um, but I really like the practice of gratitude, uh, the daily practice of gratitude. Um, it could be simply like five minutes before uh, a important uh, part of your day, or it could be like two minutes of gratitude at the end of a training session. I love to do it every time, just, just like um, lay down on my back, uh, hands on the belly and practice some diaphragmatic breathing at the end of the session. Um, and that is uh, like a, an effective way to lower your cortisol and to lower the stress coming from the training sessions right after the session. Plus, uh, it gives you the chance to save or your work out a little bit more and to, yeah, just uh, uh, bring that uh, feeling of gratitude with you um, throughout the day after the training session is finished. So guys, I hope uh, this episode was helpful. And uh, if you found it helpful, uh, make sure to share it with a friend and uh, to leave a review on the platform you're listening from. Your help is much appreciated because uh, the review are very important in increasing visibility. Uh, so if you want to help me, uh, getting more people uh, um, uh, to like on board uh, with my mission of understanding how to um, train better, eat better, and ultimately adding quality to our life. Please leave a review, leave a five star, and uh, I really appreciate your help. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm at PT Pavons. Um, so it's PT. P-A-V-O-N-S and Francesco Pavone on Facebook from Coach Francesco from Today's Everything. Ciao, ciao.